Hello, this is Janet Gallum welcoming you to Love Letters Live. And today's guest is someone I have actually become dear friends with via Love Letters, Cynthia Toussaint. And she's going to talk about something really important. Everything she talks about is important. I wanted to do a, a quick little reminder to people who have not met you either in real life or any of the work you do or on Love Letters Live from a while ago that Cynthia put chronic pain on the map as a real medical problem. And it had been poo-pooed and ignored for so long and she suffered it and suffered it and stuck to it and created a whole world of comfort and help. But today we're gonna to talk about early trauma. Why don't you just start in Cynthia? Go ahead, darling, you talk. Okay, so it's not that hard to get me to talk, as you know, Janet. I'm happy about that. And I'm really, really happy to be here. And thank you for giving me this lovely, beautiful platform to talk about something besides pain, although pain is involved with trauma, very much so. And this, as you said, is a very, very important topic and something that we all need to know about because it might just, it might just change and even save our lives. Um, trauma is really the buzzword right now. When, it seems like whenever I turn on NPR, they're talking about trauma. There are a lot of movies being made about trauma. Robin Wright just made one, it's called Land. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I hope everyone caught Promising Young Female. That's about trauma. Uh, is, that, is, that, is that something that we get streamed? We get on Netflix? We get, is it a documentary? What? Promising Young Female was up for Best Picture and you can get it on Netflix. And it's, it's behind the time. It's on. incredible. Okay. Be prepared because it's tough. Okay. And it, it's also very much the Me Too movement. Um, it's really extraordinary. There are a lot of documentaries being made. Uh, my wonderful partner, 40 years, John and I just watched Tina, all about Tina Turner's life of trauma, young, old. She didn't even speak about um, her, her son recently uh, committed suicide in a violent way. And she didn't talk about all, all of her illnesses. I just think there's too much for her to talk about, but she's really out there talking. Well, no, what, what made you decide that you needed to tell people about trauma? I'm guessing, I, well, I'm guessing, I know from knowing you that you've had your own in life. I've had well, lots why of- Why don't you start with where you're coming from and just lead us up to what you want us to know. Okay, so I have been really sick, as you were mentioning, for 38 years, and I actually got sick when I was only 12 years old. And I, you probably maybe don't know this about me. I got anorexia when I, I was not about you. Yeah, and I was put, I was hospitalized, and they saved my life. And then when I was 21 years old, I got, um, I had, a, I was a, I was a actor, singer, dancer, triple threat. And sadly, a ballet injury triggered a chronic pain disease called complex regional pain syndrome. Or <coughs> and um, uh, this is considered the worst pain in the world. It's considered worse than childbirth. And we always have it. And I was bedridden for 10 years as a result. I couldn't speak for five of those years. And I still use a wheelchair for any distance. And now I have 19 comorbidities like I don't, I, I don't want to interrupt, but I don't want too much time to go by. When you say that you couldn't speak for five years, you're one of the most expressive people I know. Was that a physical disability or were you so just disheartened that you couldn't bring yourself to speak? 
Oh no, it was a physical disability. I was, the Crips was in my throat and in my stomach and yeah, and I I could not speak. I wrote on a board expressively. I, I, John and I made up our own sign language. I mean, it was, it was, those were the darkest days, but uh, we got through them and, and uh, anyway, um, then I was mentioning comorbidities like lupus and MS and it kind of goes on and on, but also mental uh, I would say illness, uh, including depression and anxiety, which often, it almost always goes with chronic pain. So that's important to, to remember. But then in 2019, I got a diagnosis that, that changed my life. I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. And as you might know, Janet, that's the most aggressive form of breast cancer. It's rare. And my doctors were trying to figure out how I, how I got it. And they thought I would be BRCA positive. And so then when my genetic counselor called me and said, you're BRCA negative, you're negative for all of our uh, genetic mutations. That being said, I can't explain your- Yeah, so when you, what does that mean when they say that you're negative for all? So it means that I, can't, I, didn't, get, I didn't get cancer um, from a genetic problem, a genetic mutation. So where did I get it? So she said, well, I can't explain how you have triple negative breast cancer. So that's when I went to my, uh, my pain doctor who I just love. He's known me for about 20 years and he's a, he's, he's a, a board member of For Grace and I adore this man. And I asked him the question and he said, Cynthia, you've been trying to fix your dysfunctional family for your entire life. And the toll that that has taken on your body, that trauma is what gave you this illness. And it's what gave you all of your illnesses. And so that's, what, that's when I decided to finally walk away from the very dysfunctional members of my family, the members I tried to fix my entire life. Can you, are you comfortable saying what kind of dysfunction it was? I don't want you to do anything that would make anyone uncomfortable, but. No, and I I actually really. People are listening, maybe they'll recognize themselves. Exactly. So I'm talking about divorce, domestic, a lot of domestic violence, suicide, alcoholism, a lot of mental illness on and on. Very severe trauma. And, I realized after walking away from my family and then learning, I just started reading like crazy about trauma and learning. And I'm hosting a show now about trauma. And I mean, I'm always looking for the pieces of the pain puzzle. And I feel like trauma is not a piece. Trauma is the answer. It is the puzzle to illness. Um, What does that mean? Trauma is not. So trauma, um, it, it leads to us, the person suffering trauma has a very high stress level. We're like in fight or flight almost all the time, you know, and that this- And that has something, that does something to your immune system and your ability to, okay, go ahead. It, it, it does. I mean, it, it just kind of messes with everything. I mean, if you're, you're chronically stressed you're, and you're always in fight or flight, all these chemicals are rushing through your body that are only supposed to be there for a short period of time, you know, but they're there all the time and it, it leads, to uh, autoimmune diseases, it leads to early death, stroke, um, heart disease, you know, I mean, basic cancer, pretty much everything, you know, so I mean, we with trauma, we have to, we have to figure this out. And we have to, uh, we have to find a way to make ourselves more well. And um, I actually um, have four different kinds of trauma in my life. I have generational trauma, which, which people what is that? About. Okay, so that is like, kind of, it comes down from generations. Like my, on my dad's side of the family, 
what I know about is there was lots of alcoholism, lots of mental illness, lots of denial. It made me crazy <laughs> being with that family. Um, and just lots of affairs. It was just, everything was denial and illness. And then on my mom's side, I mean, it's like, I could write a book about it. She was, uh, her, 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 her mother and father divorced. And then her mother had her father committed into an asylum. And she then had my mother kidnapped. I and mean, this is not a soap opera. Yeah. No. And then, I, and then um, she abandoned her other daughter, Grace, who I name all oh, of my Oh, daughter, I never Grace. realized this. Yeah. And Grace, Grace saved my mother and because because my mother was so abused. So Grace broke the cycle, but she paid a very high price. She, she died at age 20 of leukemia. I'm always compared with Grace and um, John and I wanted to have a little girl and name her Grace. I never, I never realized what your organization for Grace was. Yeah, pretty, but she, she's, she keeps me going. I feel, I feel the strength of her. Like she's, I always feel like she's watching over me. Actually, one of my love letters is, will be to, to Grace. Okay. Um, so then uh, with generational trauma, it actually, we're born behind the eight ball and, and um, it changes our DNA, how our DNA expresses itself. And that's epigenetics, a science that people are talking about a lot now. Outside I mean, of the genetic factor. Okay. Exactly. And then, and then another kind of trauma that I suffered and a lot of people suffered, it's called ACEs or that stands for adverse childhood experiences, Ad- adverse childhood experiences or ACEs. And there's actually an ACE test, which is so important that we get it in every school and every hospital setting because it, because we know how we, we, because, because we can actually cure it, <laughs> but there's the, the yeah, ACE. Stop. Okay. Too fast for me. I know. How do you test for it and how do you cure it? And that I was going to ask, is there some way of getting in there early enough so that these traumas don't take a deadly hold. Yes, exactly, and that's what every, that's what a lot of people are working on right now. And um, the the ACE test, hopefully at schools they give it. Hopefully when you take your child um, to their internist, they will give that test. At a lot of hospitals, they are. Really? Yes, it is how, getting bigger. How new is this? I mean, I never heard of it. Oh gosh, I've heard of it. I would say probably for about maybe seven years now. That's and new. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and they ask like 10 questions and, you know, like, were, you know, were you sexually assaulted as a child? Did your parents divorce? Did you see um, domestic violence? Things like that. Was, was a family member incarcerated? If you score four or higher, you're at very high risk of getting ill. Oh, you're- so I was going to ask that also, because I think almost every one of us can identify with some childhood trauma. I mean, when I was a child, divorce was, you couldn't even, you weren't allowed to talk about it. We're not allowed to talk about anything, but alcoholism and divorce and sexual molestation, all these things, everybody suffered something. So if you could, so maybe that the organism can handle a couple of them. That's a really good point, Janet. But, but if you, if you score four, that's a lot of time. Yeah. And I score eight out of 10, which is, it's it's just so high. I was obviously going to have illness. Um, so that's really important. They, they turn it. I think I'm going to talk about turning around in a little bit because I want to, if it's okay, I want to keep talking about my trauma. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) It's a trauma. So I also had in utero trauma. Um, when I was in my mom's womb, my father was beating her up on a regular basis. And so not only could I literally feel, um, that the, that attack, 
but I, but, but my mom was in a toxic stress, you know, she was in her, she was releasing all kinds of bad chemicals in her body and therefore they were in my system. So I was really born behind the eight ball there, you know? Um, so it all puts us at higher risk of developing illness later. And another thing that I, um, another, the last kind of trauma that I still deal with is it's called ongoing trauma. And it's because I have a very toxic family and because I, my, I would say my dysfunction was, I always thought I can fix them. <laughs> I can do all the cooking. You know, I can do all the cleaning. When, when dad committed suicide violently at, I was age eight and I thought I can fix my four siblings and my mother, yeah. you know? So um, that's, it's just, it's just, that's such a toxic thing to go through. And even after letting go, I still, it's sort of my, my, like my brain's in a loop. It go, gets into kind of a loop of, I remember sort of the assaults and, um, and they, they still hurt me. So that's ongoing. And um, I, I hope that's all the kinds of trauma that, that you can have. I feel like I've had most of them, if not all of them. That's and absolutely enough. It's, it's, I've had enough, it's time to, to move on. And but it's, it's, a, it's a bad combination, generally. Uh, generationally. generationally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then and, and the whole thing is about it breaking the cycle. And there's so many ways that we can actually turn trauma around. Okay, and let's have it. I know we want to get that, right? So right. the most important thing is that we, we catch people early and young and uh, the better chance you have at turning around, turning it around if you catch people young. And there's a great book called The Deepest Well. Um, her last name is Burke, Harris Burke. And um, anyway, it's, she, she talks all about ACEs. She's, um, she's not our California's attorney general. She's, I can't remember the her title, okay. she's, but she's an, she's an attorney general. So I, I think I got that right. But she talks all about turning it around. If you want to really learn about how to do it, I would strongly suggest reading The Deepest Well. And her okay. last name is Harris, Burke Harris. And um, she talks about having a buffer. I mean, first of all, we have to be aware of trauma and we have to recognize it in the child. And then we have to have a buffer. It could be another parent or a parent. It could be an aunt. It could be a teacher. It could be a counselor. Somebody who really cares about that kid. And, and, can, and, and can work with psychologists and talk it through. And, and we have to remember that if we're really young dealing with trauma, it's while our bodies and our most importantly, our brains are being formed and our brains actually form incorrectly. And so it's really important. Like I, John goes crazy because he and my therapist will tell me something over and over, but because my brain has formed incorrectly, I take things like I, I'll be real, real emotional about things, um, but I won't think real logically about them because I get triggered, sure. you know, sort of incorrectly due to the way that my brain is formed. So we want to make sure for kids that we can turn it around for them. Oh, could I ask you a question about yes. turning it around for children? I know from <clears throat> my own experience in a variety of, um, I used to be a juvenile probation officer. Wow. I know how hard it is in general. I mean, you see this all over really how hard, almost impossible it is for a young child to be able to say, I'm being abused because nobody wants to be able, it's hard to be able to say, I'm the kind of person that somebody wants to hurt. You can't do that. So you protect against it, no? That, that's really interesting. I, that, it's, that, you're talking about the shame and stigma. Yes. And that's a really good point, Janet. And that's something that we have to work through. And, and especially with, with towards people on whose lives you are dependent for your own survival. Exactly. 
you cannot right. see yourself as a hated person. Oh, I'm going to cry. Well, and we have to, and we have to survive. And I'm actually like, I'm going to get into like, if we're older, um, like myself, and, and we learn about this trauma and that it's really hurting us. Um, there are a lot of things that we can do. Um, one of them is called EMDR, which I'm doing. Um, but just, I want to mention that talk therapy helps some people. I, cognitive behavioral therapy helps somebody. I just, um, I've not done that. Something called myofascial release really helps some people. I just interviewed somebody. I know all these, but, but at least we know that there are therapies out there that okay. we can look up yeah. and learn about. Um, also, it's really important that we have healthy lifestyle, um, that we make healthy lifestyle choices and habits, and people don't take that seriously enough. It can, I mean, if you've heard of telomeres and we have to have long yeah. telomeres. Yes, yes. They lengthen if we have yes. Exactly. Uh -huh. So, I mean, I'm getting more technical, but I mean, um, well, people we, could go Google it, look it up and learn something. Exactly. Yeah. We need, we need to sleep eight hours. We need to do that. Um, we need to exercise every day. We, we have to move. We have to eat a healthy diet. We need to stress management. We have, need to have really great stress management, um, in order to, in, in order for our brains, if they've developed incorrectly, they can, they'll function better. Even if we've never had trauma, it's a good thing to do. And also that will lessen all the, the really negative chemicals. Okay, I have, I have, a, I have another question that's, you're going to have to come back because there's going to be more to talk about. Will you come back another time? Of course I will. Oh, I, I hate to be time limited, but I do have a question about you in particular. I've known you for many years now. I have seen you at a couple of your lowest, most difficult, painful, threatening, frightening moments. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I mean, when you think about over what, like 10 years or whatever it is that we've, and somehow you have the most remarkable facility for, <laughs> see that smile, that, and, and also for making other people in the midst of your own anguish, you have a way of making other people feel graceful and important. And I am guessing that with all the trauma that you talk about and all the genetic horror that you have been unfortunately forced to face yes you got one heck of a good disposition from someone <laughs> I mean do you believe in that that genetic gift of I do I do with the EMDR work that I'm doing yes um, I I asked this Kathy who's my practitioner like why am I why am I so positive why 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 am I the functional one why do I choose to to think not drink and she said I think you just got lucky uh, genetically Okay, because I think there is something to that. I think I got it from my mother. Also, I, I have this incredible mother and um, she now has advanced Alzheimer's. Oh, yes. But she's still incredible. And I just, I don't know, I, I learned from her beautiful example. And okay. yeah, I think I, I love to make people feel good. It's very natural. I love to smile. I chose a wonderful partner, Didn't John, yeah. very yeah. functional. And actually he comes from a great deal of trauma as well. And we've learned that that was part of the, the attraction and that we, we saw that in each other, that we were both the fixers. And so I, I think that's really interesting, but it feels good to smile. I mean, we, we make a choice. We can either, um, you know, say hello and with a grimace or, and be down or, or say hello with a big, big smile and, and make everybody feel good. And smiling makes us feel good too, right? Well, I've heard that, that the very act of those muscles, but also it's a very powerful thing. It's like an area that you can have total power, even 
in a life where you are being made powerless in certain ways, you have the power to make other people feel wonderful. That's huge. That's a really good point. And I have the power to make myself feel wonderful. And, and that's, I mean, we choose to how to react, right? I mean, we can just go nuts if something goes bad and get upset, or we can really make a mindful decision and think about it and stay calm. I meditate every day, which okay. really helps me stay, stay strong. And I don't know, for me, facing everything, being a truth teller is huge because I always know that I get to help people. Always. And you get to encourage other people to tell the truth and not be frightened. Exactly. Them, right? exactly. And, and, and then people tell me how much it helps them. So okay. that, that another thing I want to mention, I don't know if we have time. But go I ahead. To, Cause then I want to ask you about a love letter. Yes, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. So I want to just say EMDR, eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. I said that wrong. Um, but it's so cool because I'm working with Kathy on literally, I will relive my traumas and one at a time and, and I'll move my eyes to her fingers. And it's so painful to let go of trauma, but I feel so much better afterward. It's painful to let go because you're used to having that identity as the person who has suffered that or why? No, it's actually physically painful, emotionally painful too. You go through a lot of grieving, you go through rage, um, a lot of- how, how is it physically painful? Oh my gosh. It feels like my, literally like my face is going to explode and I want to look away and make it stop. But I'm told that it's just as painful to let trauma go as to when you first take it in. But when you let it go, it's gone. And, and also I work a lot with my inner child and I need her to tell me about the repressed memories so that I can then relive them with Kathy and let them go and be free and be healthy. You've said so, a complicated task from a complicated variety of troubles. Exactly, it is, it is. And, and, and I'm actually releasing trauma, what I'm understanding, I'm releasing trauma from before I was even verbal because of the way I responded, the head's gonna explode and then I get so tired like I can't even lift my- Well, that, my, was, that was so interesting to me. I never thought of it before, but when you talked about your father beating your mother while she was pregnant, of course that little thing feels it. My so people don't think of that. Yeah, but what, what um, come on, little beings in, in, in tummies or, or little kids. I mean, I, it's, it, I go crazy now when I, uh, when I see anyone abusing their child. And so oh, does John. I know. And we know what's going to happen. Right. And we want that buffer in there to help them. And we need to get- trauma all over the place. So I'm, I'm excited. It's a, it's a time of learning. And I'm actually about to interview somebody. Um, she, her name is Diana Whitney. I'm looking at her book. I'm reading it. It's called, you don't have to be everything huge. I mean, it's just getting rave reviews. And um, she gave me a quote that I love. And she, she, she said, the firstborn daughter often carries what remains unresolved in the mother. And oh, sure. I are the firstborn. And we both broke the cycle. And it's a painful thing to do. And Grace paid with her life. And I almost died when I was 12. And then, you know, I was suicidal due to depression and all of this pain for a long time. Well, I, I want you to come back for another, because you and I talked about for Grace ages ago. And you did. I remember that day. But it was so long ago. It'd be nice if we did another one. I would love to do that. I know it'll be repeating yourself, but you'll be able to talk to, what about your love letter? You know, I'm going to ask about that. So I have two. So I want to write to my inner child and I want to thank her for keeping me alive and for keeping me from looking at what was too overwhelming um, because Crips is actually, it's a, it's a, it's a buffer to pain that's actually worse. 
And she kept me from looking at that so that I could survive. And I want to thank her for that, but tell her that she can lay down her burden now. Oh, and she can give it to me. And because I'm with Kathy, now I can get well together with, with Kathy, that I'm safe. I need her to know that I'm safe and that okay. I'm Okay. So here's the issue. I think, you know, with, with love letters, where are you going to mail it? Because you know me, I like it showing up in somebody's mailbox. That's interesting. Okay, I have a thought. What's your thought? I was thinking Kathy. Oh, yes. Well, you could do one to Kathy and say, you know, dear, dear Grace, I'm writing this to you, but I'm going to send it to Kathy. But also, I was wondering to send a copy to yourself. Grace, care of Cynthia, your address, and you can open it and read it. And you'll find that the you who wrote it's different than the you who is reading it. It's good. It's a shocker. But also, do you have an archive section of For Grace? Yes. So then you can, you can put it there so that this letter will just last for, God willing, generations. I love that. You do all that? Yes. And I, want to do, and I also want to send a letter to Grace. Yeah. And I want to tell her that I never got to meet her, but she's saved my life. She, well, she's the reason that I'm here, really, because she never got to meet her. I, Grace died way before I was ever born. She was oh, only. I realize that part. I, I never that. knew her, but I'm always compared with her. I mean, we had very. We look similar. We have similar personalities. We broke oh. broke the trauma cycle. She okay. died from. Well, then that definitely goes in the for Grace archives. Yeah, I mean, I mean okay. that's brilliant, Janet. And I never thought of it. I needed you to tell me that because and people, I want to thank her. Can go to your for Grace website. And if it says, I don't know if it says archives with photographs or letters or, okay, good. Oh, we'll figure this out. Cause this yes, is really right. and, and what a, and, and what a beautiful thing is for Grace is named after Grace. So I need to write to her and I thank know. her for saving my mom. And as a result, I, I get to be here and I get to enjoy this beautiful life. And it is a beautiful life, Janet. It's so beautiful. I want to thank you for doing this with me. I'm going to go just um, have a cup of hot tea and some morphine. <laughs> just so. Talk about all good stuff. Okay, and no, no, no. It's a, by the way, I think there's there's beauty in talking about the not good stuff. I agree. I have I a agree. friend who only wants to talk about fun things, and I want to tell you, no, because talking truth is fun, even when it's painful. Yeah, and and there, we have different friends for different things, and I love to talk about. I I love to SNL, my favorite show. I love to laugh and talk about nothing except makeup. You know what I mean? I love to do that. And then I love to talk about the serious stuff too. And this right. is my life too. So right. it's important. And I'm getting more well every single day. Oh, I'm so happy. Thank you sweetheart, for doing this with me. And let's talk because I would love you to go into depth about your, um, I mean, from the, from the leg up on the ballet bar to the pain to the entire journey again. Okay. I, I would like to listen to myself again and be strengthened by it. So, all right, I will talk to you soon. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Janet. What a, what a pleasure. What an honor oh, to be here. I love you. Okay. I, I look you. forward to, you know, this pandemic being over and that we get to travel a little bit and see each other in person. See each other in person. I can't wait to see you. It's see been too, way too know. long. It has. All right, a kiss to John for me and a hundred of them from me to you. And okay. I will talk to you later. Okay, looking forward to it, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you, honey. Bye. Bye.